Welcome to the Thousand and One Critical Days podcast. I'm Andrea Ledson, and ensuring that every baby gets the best start for life has been my passion for over 20 years. This podcast will feature parents, politicians, practitioners, and academics who've been part of the Early Years Healthy Development Review. In each episode, we'll be exploring every aspect of the early years and discussing how we can make sure every baby gets the best start for life. In today's podcast, I will be chatting with Lord Blunkett, David Blunkett, a very senior Labour um, member of the House of Lords, previous holder of various jobs in Labour administrations and a real advocate for the early years. David Blunkett, Lord Blunkett, it's a huge pleasure to be talking to you on the podcast today. And you were an amazing champion of the early years when you were Secretary of State for Education. And you've also been a big supporter of the Early Years Healthy Development Review. Um, can I just ask you, what, what are your thoughts on it? What, what do you think is the way forward for early years? The strange thing, Andrew, is that everybody now seems to agree that the early years are absolutely vital. All the research, including the evidence that you've put together, demonstrates without any doubt whatsoever that what we do in those very early years with young, young children makes all the difference to the rest of their lives. And therefore, in one sense, it's a no-brainer that we should be investing right from the moment a child is born, both in the youngster, but also in nurturing and developing the parents um, and enabling them to feel confident and to engage and to stimulate the child. So the, the real question is, all these years on, because I was struggling back in the late 1990s to get this message across, it's accepted now, but it wasn't uh, so obvious to people then, uh, that why aren't we actually all together, cross-party, clear about the need for the investment? And obviously, there's always an argument about resources. But on this occasion, as, we, as we've shown over the, the last three decades, what you invest in those very early years pays enormous dividends. It's, it's about what happens when the child gets to school age, to nursery, and then into formal schooling, and the difference it makes but it's also very much about the social well-being of the child, the inspiration that it can bring for parents who, who suddenly discover that they are learning, they are stimulated as much as they are uh, engaging with and stimulating the, the baby. And suddenly that confidence, that self-esteem uh, rises and you've got a win-win situation because then they, they can engage with others around them what your report was able to do was to say, let's do that in a modern way. 25 years ago, engagement was solely in getting people physically together. One thing we've learned over the pandemic is we, we, we need that social contact, but we can also complement it in other ways. That's exactly right. And, you know, I completely always, always have and always will take my hat off to you and Tessa Jowell for the amazing work you did back then. It was really so ahead of its time. And um, you and I have discussed this a number of times, David, and I know that you're keen that we build on the legacy and that the family hub should indeed 
um, reflect the fact that lots of parents, if you know, if you've got a toddler and a new baby, the prospect of getting on a bus to go down to a shore start is a bit daunting. So, so actually, for, for many parents, virtual services, digital services have become a lifeline. And uh, so how do you feel about the concept of family hubs being both physical places, but also providing a virtual service to support families? Yes, I think what you've put together and what so many of us are supporting is a, a, a multiple system, which we didn't have uh, 25 years ago. So you, you, I, I very strongly believe that you need a hub. It, it's a, it can be the centre of a, a neighbourhood. It can develop uh, social capital and get people working together, including relating to uh, essential services and, and people feeling that they're part of the neighbourhood and the development of the community. But now we can add value to that. We can extend it in a way that, as you describe, uh, including in the report, can reach out and can enable people to connect with each other online it can enable people to learn online it can enable them to share i mean one of the great pleasures of the uh, terrible 15-month lockdown was the fact that um, my, my wife's oldest daughter had a, a small child and we were able to share on facebook some of the wonderful development of james who turns out to be a little star and the pleasure that brought to uh, his grandmother is incalculable but it also meant that we could provide advice and support and when things were going badly wrong we could be in touch now you could you could do that on the landline all those years ago but actually for people and obviously I, I don't fully experience this, but everybody else does, um, to be able to see what's happening, to share, to give advice, support, to say, yes, uh, I had a terrible night as well, or yes, my, my baby wouldn't stop screaming, and this is what I did. It, it's a, it's a win-win in terms of people helping each other, as well as being able to draw down on professional support, which um, is also part of your report. Well, congratulations and welcome to little James. What a total joy. I mean, and I can quite imagine that you would be a very good granddad, David, with all of your years of knowledge and commitment. So how lovely. And how's he doing now? He's doing fine. He's, he's now 21 months. And uh, what he loves best of all is running into the house and shouting barley. Barley is my guide dog, as you know, and he's re re he's got a wonderful relationship with barley where he instructs barley to drop his ball and barley does as he's told by James. And James picks it up and gives it a throw and then barley brings it back and they can spend a, ha a happy hour uh, just interrelating together. Uh, that of course is because he's a guide dog and he's safe. Um, I ought to put that proviso in, didn't <laughs> in terms of what happens with small children and dogs but it just shows how you can develop the capability um, the motor skills of a child in a very simple and enjoyable way and thinking that through and sharing that is part of this process 
Yeah, completely agree. That is absolutely right. Well, that, that's really lovely to hear about James. So, um, David, how, do you, how important is it, do you think, that we keep this cross-party? I mean, we've got so much, uh, so many individuals who you, I've worked with over the years, you've worked with over the years, from um, the wonderful Frank Field, Sharon Hodgson, the member for Washington Sunderland, um, Lucy Powell for Manchester Central on the Labour benches, um, and then people like Joe Swinson for the Liberal Democrats was always hugely supportive of this agenda, and Caroline Lucas for Brighton. Um, you know, it's, it's been such an amazing pleasure to be so cross-party on this. How important do you think it is? I think it's absolutely vital because we can have our disagreements, but if we've got a common goal and we are sharing thoughts and ideas and how best to achieve it and we're working with alongside communities not doing something to them then we can make it work for the long term and this was always a long-term investment wasn't it it's always going to be you can't see immediate results you you gradually understand the value you've gained from the investment you've made and the change you've brought about and the life chances that have, uh, have obviously been transformed by what happens in these early years, the ability to build on that, the capability of youngsters to, to realize their talent. So all, all of this needs to be cross-party because as I've described to you before, my great regret was that we didn't embed the early local Sure Start programme sufficiently in the psyche for people to say, yeah, this, this is something that of course will evolve and, and change and improve, but this is something we're going to defend. And what I'd really like is in this cross-party endeavour that you put together, Andrea, that we actually are able to say in 15 years time, and I hope I'm still around to enjoy it, that you've actually succeeded in making this just as much a part of the uh, national psyche as the National Health Services. Well, that, that, that's with you, David, in 15 years time, that's a date. And, and so you know, the, the other thing you and I've talked about um, during this process is the vital importance of national leadership. So, you know, we've talked in our in our vision for the thousand and one days, we've proposed that there needs to be a local person who is responsible for the start for life services in their area, but also that there needs to be a member of the cabinet who has the oversight for the start for life policy area. And as a, um, an ex-member of the cabinet, very senior um, Labour politician, how important do you think national leadership is on this? I think leadership nationally is vital. It, it, the, the leadership at local level and accountability is a, a given. Someone who's going to drive forward and ensure that there's coordination and people are joined up with each other. But if you don't have the national leadership, someone who really, really understands cares about and has the responsibility for driving this forward. I'm afraid it erodes. I mean, all the evidence I have, not just with Sure Start, but with other essential policies is, as, as people moved on um, and as other issues were thrown up, the, the mind of the permanent civil service moved on with it and new ministers coming in who didn't have the direct responsibility had other things that they wanted to achieve. So having someone, and I believe it should be at cabinet level, whose clear responsibility is to provide that continuity, 
that drive, that energy, that battle for resources is absolutely fundamental. And I hope we'll be able to achieve that. Yeah, well, I completely agree with you there. So uh, it's such a pleasure to be working with you on this, David. And thank you so much for all you've done throughout your long career in promoting the importance of that vital period between conception and the age of two. And it's just a great pleasure to work with you and a huge pleasure to be talking to you today. So thank you very much. Well, th th thank you, Dame Andrea Ledson, and thank you for keeping going on this and making this a collaborative endeavour. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please be sure to subscribe through the link and wherever you usually listen to your podcasts. And if you'd like to get involved, perhaps in a future episode, or to share your thoughts, please reach out to me through my website, andrealedson.com.